Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Time is an investor's best friend, but it's never too late for a little Mad Money 101. The Mad Money Back to School Tour is burning bright at the equator of capitalism. Booyah, Jim, and welcome to the U. Mad Money starts now. sub-zero temperatures, but tonight I am bringing the heat from the gorgeous campus of the University of Miami. We are kicking off a very special back-to-school edition of Mad Money. Other people make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job, not just to entertain and educate, but to put this all in context. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. I get it. I get it. I understand why you'd be negative on stocks right now, even after a good day, where the Dow dipped 39 points, the S&P roared 1.47%, but the Nasdaq surged 3.25%. There are a million reasons actually to feel bad about this market, especially after this big run in the last two days. Everything from the fact that we've moved up too far too fast, I mean crazy, insane action, particularly the Nasdaq, to the dawning realization that nothing much has really changed for the better in the last three days. There's still inflation, more rate hikes. There's still gridlock in Washington. There's a war in Europe. Companies are laying off people left and right. More important, until a few months ago, if you dared to go positive on stocks, you got your darn hand handed to you practically every single day. Yep, every day I run this investment club with my colleague Jeff Marks, who's stuck in New York while I get to be in beautiful pro-business Miami at the aptly named University of Miami. Yes, the U, like this, not like this, 
as I unsurface the Lord. This is Utah. I'm at the U. Anyway, we come in each day for months and get put through the stock meat grinder because we owned a company called NVIDIA. The big semiconductor company and the semis just got slaughtered day after day after day. We stuck with NVIDIA because the chips are the backbone of artificial intelligence. And more important, when this kind of stock bottoms, it comes back so fast you might not get a, a chance to get back in. Buy it at a better price. So we stuck with it and stuck with it and stuck with it. And one day, everyone's talking about this thing called Chat GPT. But the thing is, it starts on NVIDIA's platform. Game changer. When the stock was at 108 in October of last year, I was taking gas down more than... 60% from its top. Everyone laughed at me. Made me sick. People in this squawk on the street said, what are you still in that NVIDIA for? Check NVIDIA out today. It's doubled since then. Today, I constantly hear that if you want an AI play, you should look no further than NVIDIA. Look at it. Heck, I renamed my darn dog after it. Very confusing for the dog, unless you have meat in your hand. People thought this story was all about video games. But it's about innovation. And now NVIDIA is powering one of the most important platforms of all time. If you played through the pain last year, you've now got this enormous gain. That's what you have to do. Or how about Meta Platforms, the artist formerly known as Facebook? Not that long ago, it had a horrible quarter. I was discussing actually on air about how much it hurt. It hurt my trust. It hurt me. But I said there was a path for Facebook to go forward. And the path was something called discipline. Well, last night, Mark Zuckerberg followed that path, except he called it efficiency. He changed his stripes. He's not spending like crazy anymore. He's firing people all over the place. We don't want that, but it's working. And he's spending time in the way from the metaverse, definitely in Reels and Instagram, even WhatsApp. And that's what I wanted. Told him so. After today's monster 23% gain, the stock's down more than doubled from its lows if you held on. If you suffered, you got the gain. If you suffered, you got the gain. That's it. Of course, ideally, you would have sold all of these a little a year ago. But getting them back in is so hard. Almost no one is that nimble. That's why I always tell you to buy and sell at stages. We sold some NVIDIA and Facebook at much higher levels, bought some of it back in anticipation of the eventual turnarounds. And they came. We took the pain and we gained. But now we got a whole new set of pain being thrown at us this very evening. Tonight, Amazon, Alphabet, and Apple all reported it. And I think you have to accept the fact that these were not meta. They all ran in anticipation of being like Meta, though, and that didn't happen. Now, Amazon had okay numbers, but didn't give you the giant layoffs people wanted. They hired 800,000 people. They laid off less, fewer than 20,000. They need bigger layoffs. But it was, it was up 34% coming in. That's ridiculous. I wanted more efficiency, and, and just like Meta gave it. Didn't get it. Alphabet. Did people forget it's advertising base and advertising is weak? The stock was up 7 bucks just today. It could give up those gains. Apple. What can I say? Own it. Don't trade it. Apple had China supply problems that hurt the quarter. We knew that. It shouldn't have run into the print. What can you do? Wait until it goes to 140 and buy some back. I wish it were better. It couldn't be. But 2 billion Apple users? Come on, that's phenomenal. And it's the milestone that they announced tonight. I like that. Funny thing about this market, though, it gives you tremendous opportunities all the time. NASDAQ up 7%, probably too hot. Time to move on. I like it cold. I like to suffer like I did in Facebook. I love to suffer like I did in NVIDIA. Not because I'm a masochist, although that is indeed debatable. But because when the company's well run, the pain often represents a great buying opportunity. Pain. Want some? Want some you just dodge? How about buying Eli Lilly? I just upgraded from a two to a one for the investing club today, meaning I buy it right here. It's got a diabetes drug that will likely get FDA approval as a weight loss treatment sometime soon. Doctors may already be prescribing it like a, a weight loss treatment, but it hasn't gotten government, uh, it hasn't gotten the FDA official nod yet. And that tells you there's tremendous demand. You know what? If you buy Lily here, you haven't had to suffer 
it's already down. So let me give you the bottom line. When companies change their stripes, or when they're incredibly well-managed, or disciplined, or efficient, or when they invent amazing products and reinvent themselves on the fly, you should stick with them. And remember, if you like a stock so much that you named your darn dog after it, don't kick it when it's down. Buy more of it. Let's take some questions. Let's go over here. We'll start with that number 19. Kramer, thank you very much for being here. My name is Ruben, and my question for you is, due to troubling valuations in public markets, do you think REITs should be pursuing privatization? They have never done that uh, because they tend to have a lot of debt on the books. Uh, I think it's an interesting proposal, but they love public markets because they like to sell stock and bring in more money, and they like the stock itself to be able to buy things. So I think they should hold off. I think they have to be traditional as they are. I like Federal Realty, FRT, shopping centers. Yes. Hi, Jim. My name is David Allen. I'm from Miami, Florida. I have a question about China. Now, they recently announced an end to zero COVID, and China's both the world's largest exporter and a huge source of global demand for commodities. If you're the Federal Reserve right now trying to fight inflation, is China reopening good or bad news overall? It's real bad. It's a great question. I know everyone's trying to cheer that China starts spending more money. I know they certainly wish it if it were Apple. Uh, it's a commodity inflation-based uh, spur that will be an issue. And I think you're really right to worry about it. I think people are whistling past the graveyard if that market comes back. And the way to watch it, by the way, is watch oil. Because oil hasn't gotten anything, anything since they reopened. As long as that stays down, we're going to be okay. But if that starts flying, we're going to be in trouble. And the Fed's going to have to do maybe, two, uh, two, maybe more than two rate hikes. Great question. Thank you. Here we go. Hi, Jim. My name is Francesca DeMisa, and I'm from Boca Raton, Florida. Before I ask my question, I wanted to tell you how much this show means to me. Um, my father died of pancreatic cancer when I was eight years old, and this show is like one of the few memories I have of him is watching it with him. So I'm very thankful to meet you and be here today. And I am thankful for you sharing that story of real life. And I'm glad you got to spend the time with your dad. I had similar experience with my mom with kidney cancer. It just goes, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, you got that precious time, and I'm glad that we could be a part of it. So thank you very much. Yes, and um, I'm actually a pre-med major. I'm studying to be a neurologist, and so as someone that is not going to school to study investments, um, what are some ways that I can learn about the stock market and how to invest? And then my second question is, what stocks do you suggest to build generational wealth that I can buy as a college student? Okay, these are fabulous questions, and I think what you have to do when you're a neurologist, you get you're studying, so you got to get firsthand experience. I'm mm -hmm. very close uh, to my neurologist, Dr. Newman, and he suggested I take, you know, I have migraine problem. I'm the, look, it's no secret, I'm the chief spokesman for the American Migraine Foundation, so I'm not revealing something here. Mm -hmm. But uh, Neurotech is made by Biohaven, and I pushed it and pushed it and pushed it because I take a Neurotech when I get my migraine, and mm -hmm. it's away in 10 to 15 minutes. You have to look at what you do and think who is doing remarkable things. And you know how hard the brain is. Mm -hmm. But if you find something that can actually affect the brain in a positive way, because you know we're mapping the brain now, that's your stock. And it'll be perfect. And I, 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 just, I like you. I mean, what can <laughs> Thank I mean? you so much. You know, you're just, you're, you know, you're why I do this show. I mean, you know, my dad and I talked. My dad and I talked after every show. And he would say, you call it 7-1, he goes, Jimmy, that was the best show ever. <laughs> every day for 12 years. <laughs> when Thank companies you. change their stripes, you should change too. You got to stick with them. Coming up on Mad Money, takes Miami. A few members of the Student Managed Investment Fund here at Miami Herbert Business School are going to pitch yours truly on their top stock 
picks right now. I promise to not go easy on them. You know me. Then my youthful audience got me thinking, what should young investors be buying right now? I'm listing three smart picks for those with a longer-term horizon. And a Miami-based CEO who's got an inspiring story about his family came, came penniless from Cuba. And they became owners of one of the largest Hispanic-founded infrastructure companies in North America. So stick with Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. see the passion, the excitement from the students here at Miami Herbert Business School at the University of Miami. Let's hear it. In just a second, you're going to meet a few students from the Student Managed Investment Fund. These students manage $1.4 million, okay, which is actually a component of the university's endowment, so they better do well. These students are the real deal. They research, they manage funds, and today I'm putting them to the test, just like I used to do with my old hedge fund where you had to come to me, meet me at, on Fulton, that's right next to Wall Street, with a box of Krispy Kremes at 4 a.m. If you pitch me a stock, you maybe you got a job. I ate all the Krispy Kremes, so I was a little different then. I'm much more trim. All right, let's take our first pitch. You guys. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Uh, Anna and I are here to tell you why Six Flags, ticker SIX, should be at the top of everyone's watch list. Um, Landon Buildings just recently opened an activist position in them. They're absolutely phenomenal at finding these opportunities. If you, as the business continues to normalize in 2024, I think your real estate value is somewhere at 30 bucks a share. The operating company's worth another 25. I think our price target's right at 55, which, you know, substantial upside from here. 
And so Landon Buildings is a great company, and they recently identified Beachy Park Properties as a potential buyer of Six Flags real estate. Beachy is a $50 billion market cap company, and they've done stuff like this before. Um, they have recently expressed interest in amusement parks and year-to-date have raised $1 billion to make that kind of investment. So for them, a $4 billion acquisition of Six Flags real estate is like Scooby Snacks. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, when I talk to the people at Disney, the real estate is huge. I mean, I even felt at one point I pitched them a theme park. I found 300,000 acres of land for sale in New Mexico between Denver and Austin. And it's exactly the story you told, which is shortage of real estate. And theme parks are red hot. If you read Comcast this quarter, I worked for Comcast. They talked that was the strongest unit. Disney's theme parks are all sold out. I have uh, not like the balance sheet. Are we OK with the balance sheet, Six Flags? Yeah, we're, we're okay with the balance sheet. $2.5 billion net debt. I think all in, we're looking at a $55 price target once they monetize this real estate. The operating company is basically just our cherry on top. And uh, there's tons of upside that Landon Building's going after. They have the game plan. They've executed the game plan before. They're doing what they always do, and they'll continue to be great. One last question, because I know we got a lot of people, but I am concerned. Okay, in the offseason, how do you feel about Six Flags? Because I got one near me in Jersey, and it's kind of desolate. So the, the off-season is going to be made up by the escalations and the ticket pricing for all the consumers that are going to be going there. Um, there's just a phenomenal plan that's been outlaid by Landon Building and the Six Flags team. It's been embraced. The activism is actually influenced and, and very positively seen. So I think they're going to do the right thing here. I like it. I like it. I like your call. I like theme parks. I think it could work. And I thank you for that excellent presentation. That was Thanks, really Jim. good. Okay. Who's over here? How you doing, Jim? My name is Aiden Ryder, originally from southern New Jersey. Go Eagles. Go Birds! And my name is Austin Ortiz. I'm from Oceanside, New York. And today, we're going to be pitching you Canadian Pacific. But first, we'd heard that story about uh, you and your hedge fund days and wanted to get you a box of donuts. So we'll See, these, guys, later. these guys are smart. It's in the book. So you read the book. That shows homework. That shows preparation. I like that. We'll split them up with the staff. I got a guy here, Brian. He'll eat every one of them. I got to be very careful. Let's go. All right, so we think Canadian Pacific is a strong buy right now with considerable upside. We're confident that their merger with Kansas City Southern will be approved by the Surface Transportation Board later this quarter. Um, the prospective combined railroads will be the first interconnected railroad between Canada and Mexico, uh, which will allow for greater volumes in their automotive and intermodal uh, shipping volumes, which is substantially more profitable than their bulk shipping business. Um, we are expecting about a billion dollars of EBITDA growth over the next three years. We believe that Canadian Pacific is a buy at its current price. Their most recent earnings report produced excellent numbers, most notably a 21% increase in revenue over the fourth quarter of 2022. We expect these trends to continue throughout the first half of 2023 due to analyst estimates of record high Canadian grain output uh, all throughout okay. the first half of 2020. Well, let me just say first, I mean, the railroads are, uh, they were red hot today. Uh, I think without that acquisition, I would have said absolutely not. With that acquisition, I think it's a good do, but it's going to be a slow slog because people are worried about the transports right now because they just went up a thousand points in two days. But I like the pitch. I like the pitch very much. Yes. Uh, we want to talk to you about T-Mobile, who should be on your radar considering their strong brand name. You see the name. action today? What was about with the action today on that stuff? Wild. Look bad. Uh, given their strong brand name and recent increase in subscriber growth, they should be on top of mind, especially considering uh, their their uh, increase in um, 5G infrastructure spending, given 
their time since the Sprint merger. Okay. Additionally, they also have about $5 billion in anticipated synergies to be realized, which should be driving growth for the coming years. And uh, in, in essence, they uh, plan on increasing their, their uh, subscriber growth. All as right. Time comes uh, on. I do need to hear about the competition. Uh, and I want to hear about the fact that the stock, what your view is about why the stock went down. There's got to be some substance to it because it did not. It's popped every single time after the quarter, except for this time. So they did, they did miss the revenue growth targets. Exactly. Although they do have uh, in, um, they do have earnings growth about two times the industry right. average. OK, now I'm in that stock for revenue growth. So I think that that was just an OK quarter. I was surprised. Sievert was on air and I did not think he made the case. I think the stock goes lower. Got to tell like it is. Yes. Hey, Jim. I'm Oli from the UK. Big buy for us in the fund right now is Peloton. Every time I go into the gym, more and more people are using the app. We don't care for the bike. We don't care for the tread. I want them to stop spending money on a rowing machine. They need to get expenses under control. But that subscription business, you've got nearly a 70% margin. You've got 300% growth in two years in numbers, and you have a 1% churn. We think it can become a real, real cash cow. It's currently trading just over three times subscription revenue. We want management to get expenses down, and, but we believe in them, so we think it's a strong Don't buy. Don't worry about the expenses. It's Barry McCarthy. He'll chop people's heads off if he has to. I think he's dynamite. I love the idea. I wish it hadn't gone up just two bucks. Or I would just say I would be all in time-sized ranch. Peloton's a great idea. Okay, let it come in a little bit up two bucks after that last quarter. But you've got a great idea. Contrary. I love that. More mad money from Miami is back after the break. Coming up, Kramer's at the Miami Herbert Business School, connecting with the next generation of leaders. But how about the next generation of growth stocks? A look into the future, next. Picture this. It's Saturday morning and you're on your John Deere compact tractor. You're effortlessly breaking ground on your new landscaping project. Next, you're moving piles of rocks just by moving a lever. And now, you're enjoying the warmth of the sun as you clear brush across your pasture. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand everything you can do with a John Deere compact tractor, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to Indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
the University of Miami. The U. Thank you. Let's talk about the best stocks for younger investors. You might think all stocks are the same for everybody, but that's just not true. When you're young and you're first getting into investing, you can afford a lot more risk than, say, a retiree who's done working and has to live off their savings. If you're still in your 20s, you've got decades to make up for any potential mistakes, and you will make mistakes. It comes with the game. Plus, you can afford to invest in stories that might take a while to unfold, and that's okay, too. Patience is a virtue in investing. In particular, I think younger investors should lean toward what we call junior growth stocks. These represent smaller, faster-growing companies that aren't huge today, but might become something huge later down the line. For example, Four or five years ago, Tesla was just a wee bit junior growth stock. Well, there's nothing junior anymore about the stock of Tesla. So let me give you three of my favorites. Write them down. Come on, we're at school. The first one up is Etsy. Yes, the online marketplace for handcrafted goods and boutique sellers that's in Brooklyn about 10 blocks from my house. I've been recommending this stock since 2016. And it was a big winner for us, even before the pandemic hit. Then COVID sent us into lockdown, and Etsy went into overdrive, with the stock soaring from $30 in March of 2020 to an all-time high, and maybe too high, of $307 in November of 2021. Like other fast-growing digital plays, it ran up just uh, to the stratosphere. And then we got hit with a post-COVID pullback, Sell, 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 sell. With the stock plummeting nearly 80% from its highs in less than six months. Finally, Etsy bottomed at 67 last June. Thank heavens. Bye, bye, bye. But here's the thing. Even though the stock's valuation got a little excessive, nothing really changed about the underlying business. And that's what matters. It's a business. The stock just represents that. While Etsy's sales slowed from peak COVID levels, the growth rate bottomed around 5% early last year. And since then, it's accelerated back to the double digits, possibly higher when we get the fourth quarter numbers later this month. That's one of the reasons the stock's been able to rebound back to 148, including a monster 6% run today, thanks to the NASDAQ catching on fire. You know, I like Etsy. I like it because this is a company where you don't need to sacrifice profitability for fast growth. They were profitable before the pandemic, and while the earnings have pulled back from 2021, they've now stabilized at a much higher level than pre-COVID. Not many stocks have done that. That's in part because Josh Silverman, the CEO, is a visionary. He's amazing, and he knows how to execute. More important, I think Etsy embodies the ethos of many of the younger investors like we see behind me. This is a platform that enables you to support small businesses and hobbyists working out of their homes, many of them women, which is fabulous, rather than the faceless corporate giants. You know what it is? I took this class. Capitalism with a human face. What's next? Hey, how about one that I asked about earlier when I was trying to get the lay of the land here at the business school? How about Airbnb, which has completely disrupted the lodging industry since its founding nearly 15 years ago? Full disclosure, well, I warned you away from Airbnb when it came public in 2020 because all IPOs were way, way too hot. I started recommending it too early. Hey, you always got to own your mistakes. Even though this is a real company with real earnings and real cash flow, its stock traded like every other garbage IPO last year. The stock ultimately bottomed at $81 in late December. Bye, bye, bye! But like so many other growth names, Airbnb caught fire in 2023. 
Currently, it's up more than, this is how stocks work, 38% year to date. And like many other resurgent digital plays, I think this move is actually entirely justified. For the past two quarters, Airbnb has reported record profits. They came in the show and talked about it. No one liked it. They were wrong. These are generally accepted accounting principles. It's up to people at business school, though. Not just that adjusted earnings, EBITDA nonsense. I expect strong earnings again when they report later this month. More importantly, I think the earnings estimates for Airbnb are way too low. The number one driver of higher stock prices is the ability to beat those estimates. Right now, Wall Street's assuming Airbnb can only put up 7% earnings growth this year. I'm betting that's way too low given the current insatiable demand for travel. Of course, Airbnb's, Airbnb's going to do well in an environment where travel is more important than ever. People want to see the world. At the same time, this company is indeed a cash machine. They already had positive cash flow for, uh, of more than $2 billion in 2021 before they even turned profitable. When the fourth quarter numbers are turned in, I am betting they'll finish 2022 with more than $3 billion in free cash flow, which is the number I look for, FCF, headed closer to $4 billion this year. Long story short, Airbnb is a great company. And if Wall Street cared about the fundamentals, which they don't right now, the stock would have done a lot better last year. But because it was part of that recent IPO crop that nobody wanted to touch, well, it languished. Now, though, we're back in bull market mode. You know I like that. And these guys can get credit for everything they're doing right. Finally, finally, I got one off the radar screen, particularly for this area of the country, but also where we live, but I, not from when my daughter lived in Oregon. It's a junior growth company that you might not recognize now, but you'll certainly recognize in the future. In fact, it might become so ubiquitous that it makes you sick. I'm talking about Dutch Bros, which is ostensibly another coffee chain that's concentrated in the Pacific Northwest right now. But in reality, there's a lot more going on here. These guys sell a lot of coffee in the morning, caffeinated coffee, the kind I like. Then they do great business in the rest of the day, thanks to the selection of, ha- of house-made energy drinks. They do everything short of injecting the caffeine directly in your veins. Why can't they do that? I'd like that. Plus, Dutch Bros is kind of like the anti-Starbucks. At Starbucks, they want to be your home away from home, your office away from the office. Dutch Bros is all about efficiency. They don't want you to be at home there. They know some people just want their fix. Fix of great caffeine, great taste in coffee. Forget the home away, home away stuff. They got drive throughs They got kiosks. I love that. Dutch Bros is already a powerhouse out west, but you probably haven't seen one down here because they hardly have any stores east of the Mississippi. They just entered Nashville just now with a couple of stores, and they're building one, one in Orlando, one in Florida. Come on. In fact, they're building stores everywhere, though, and that's what makes Dutch Bros a textbook junior growth stock. As at the end of the year, they have 671 locations. Management is confident they can grow that to 800 by the end of next year, then 1,000 by the first half of 2025. Long-term goal, 4,000 stores. And I think that's low based on how they've taken over the Pacific Northwest. I think it's doable. And then some. This one's all about that regional and national rollout that I love so much from Mad Money. Last year, Dutch Bros was occasionally hampered by higher labor costs, of course, higher raw costs, higher dairy costs, higher construction costs. These are all settling down. Thank you, Jay Powell. But if inflation peaked, and it sure looks like it has, then they will do the number and then some and have a much smoother trajectory going forward. I think Dutch Bros is a fantastic long-term holding as long as you can get it now. Less than 40 bucks. Oh, and that annihilator they serve? My favorite coffee drink because it keeps me from sleeping for a whole night. That's my kind of drink. Bottom line, if you're a younger investor, you need to take some risk in your portfolio. 
That's how you have a chance to generate gigantic returns. I recommend betting on long-term stories that can eventually give you big wins as long as you're patient, which is why I like Etsy, Airbnb, and Dutch Bros. But there's a whole universe of junior growth stocks that are worth owning. Now, now you know what to look for. Let's take questions. Let's start over here. Hey, young gentlemen, how you doing? Hey, Jim. First and foremost, welcome to Miami and welcome to the U. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. My name is Matheus Amaral. Uh, I'm originally from Brazil. So Latin America has seen a lot of uh, new fintechs uh, movement. And I guess I'm a little biased being from Brazil. I've been taking a lot of look in Nubank. They just uh, listed a year ago and they've been down ever since. But it has seen like with a very positive uh, growth. They have grown across Brazil, Colombia and Mexico. And they just posted a profitable quarter. Uh, last year. So what do you think about that? Is Nubank the one to look at? I'll tell you what I think. I like you. You got horse sense. That's a good situation. I like Mercado Libra. I was original investor in that. And I got to tell you, when I drilled down the numbers for Brazil, for Apple tonight, it was probably one of the greatest areas. I think new is terrific. I like it. But long term, because see, it's down because of political turmoil. You're betting that things calm down. If they calm down, you catch a double. If they don't, it flatlines. But you know it's political. It's keeping it down, not the numbers. How about over? What is this? Where are you putting me? Where are you putting Right here. I be right here. I see. I am in the end just a marionette, right? They tell me where to be. Okay. Who's up? Hey Kramer, how you doing? My name's Yash. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Do all till we die, baby. And so my question's about EVs. With laws being passed that are banning the production of gas and diesel vehicles and the increase in purchasing and production of EVs, are EV stocks such as Tesla, Rivian, and Ford worth buying and holding? Great question. Now, Rivian's up on a short squeeze. It it moved radically today. Nothing on the earnings. I think Tesla's down enough that you got to bet with Musk, as uh, sometimes repugnant as he is. But i got to tell you, after tonight, and I'm going to talk about this later, Ford stock is going to get hit because they missed the numbers, but not the EV numbers. So that one is for you. That's what I suggest. We got new, we got Ford, and if you're a younger investor, you need to take some risk in your portfolio. I like Etsy, Airbnb, and Dutch Bros. But there's a whole universe of junior growth stocks that are worth owning. There's much more man money ahead. Infrastructure, construction company. What is that? That's Mastech. And Mastech has been involved in some of the most complex projects across the country, and it's home base right here. I got the CEO. Let me tell you why speculation is worthy of your, uh, it's worthy of your cause, but only if you follow my rules of the road. Yes, yes, I like these, I like Mostek, Mostek rocks. And of course, rapid fire, lightning round, University of Miami edition, stay with Congress has authorized hundreds of, hundreds of billions of dollars in federal infrastructure spending, especially for green energy projects. Although it takes a while for those projects to get going because our government is pathologically unable to build things in a reasonable time frame. We're starting to get a better idea of where that money's headed. Which brings me to Mostec. 
This is the infrastructure construction company that I've liked for a long time. It's based right here in Coral Gables. They make telco infrastructure, wind and solar equipment, and electrical transmission lines and natural gas pipelines. And they're number one in a lot of these cities. That's one reason the stock has rallied more than 50% since just the end of September. At the same time, Mostec is one of the great American immigrant success stories. The company was founded more than 60 years ago by a 21-year-old Cuban refugee named Jorge Moss, who came to this country penniless, saw an opportunity, and yes, seized it. Now the company's run by his son. He's presiding over an 18% compound annual growth rate since he took over in 2007. Oh, and he just happens to be a University of Miami alum and a member of the Board of Trustees. So please join us in giving a hometown hurricane welcome to Jose Moss, the CEO of Moss Tech. Mr. Moss, welcome to Man Money. How are you? you? Thank you so much for being here. Hello, Kane family. Why don't we go right there? I mean, what has this school given you? What have you learned from being here? And uh, what can you still learn? Look look around. Look Look at these kids. I think we can learn from these kids every single day. Their hunger, their desire. The desire to be better, the desire to dream, the desire to, to accomplish great things. It's, it's incredible. That's what this Amen. country's about. Hey, you know what? And this show's about that. I didn't hear anything cynical. I heard everything positive. That's the way it should be. Yep. Enough with the corrosion. We're positive. Okay. Speaking of positive stories, I don't know if you know, but I do my show normally on the New York Stock Exchange floor, and I do it right under the bell. Something special happened to your dad there. Uh, I know shortly after he passed, but I want you to describe what he did and what he saw. Well, for my father, look, this, this is an incredible city. This city adopted a Cuban-American community. Uh, I'm a product of that adoption. I'm a product of the generosity of the city, of the generosity of the United States. This is the greatest country on God's earth. And my dad was an immigrant from Cuba. He, 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 yes, yes, this is what we cheer for. For him, the New York Stock Exchange was you know, the, the greatest thing in the world relative to the financial markets and, and to what he dreamed. So to be able to list his company on the New York Stock Exchange was absolutely incredible. He got to ring that bell for a young Cuban-American that came at the age of 21 to join the U.S. Army to participate in the Bay of Pigs invasion. And 20 years later, he's on the New York Stock Exchange. It was an absolute dream for him and a very emotional moment for him and for my family. Total patriot, fantastic success story. How about the opportunity in this country? Does it still exist? I hear people say, no, it's over. I think that opportunities, they're not given but the opportunity to succeed exists in this country better than anywhere else in the world. And I see it every single day with young men and women that dream, that build new businesses, that, that truly accomplish great things in this country, and it's alive and well. The American dream is alive and well. Ah. We, keep, we keep talking about all the differences that we have in this country politically, but the reality is we have one thing in common, and that's what we want a better future for our families and for our kids over and over again, and I see it happen every single day in this country. Bingo. Totally right. Now, let's talk about the better future that you have given to to shareholders and to co-workers. Okay, number one, clean energy, number one, 5G wireless, number one, nat gas pipelines. This is America's infrastructure. Tell me how you got to be number one, what it means and what it can mean for the future. We started as a telecom contractor, basically digging ditches, putting fiber in the ground, putting cable in the ground. And then we expanded. We got into gas pipelines. We grew into distribution systems and transmission systems for the utilities. Today, clean energy, we're we're in the midst of an energy transition in this country. Clean energy is going to play a huge part of it. We're the largest builders of wind and solar in the country. We're excited about that. 
But at the same time, we got to have transition fuels. So natural gas is critically important. And building natural gas pipelines is important for our future and our economy. And you said it earlier, right? Politicians got to, got, got to figure this out. We got to get permitting yes. laws in place so we can do this quicker so that we can actually transition our energy to new sources over time. And I want to ask you, uh, you when people talk about carbon capture, don't, they don't realize it's got to go somewhere and be transported. That's you. 100%. And it's pipelines. The same as you'd build an oil pipeline or a gas pipeline, carbon capture is going to be captured on pipelines and transported to deep wells across the country. And it's going to be ethanol facilities where they're, where they're, where they're taking the CO2 gas that's emitted, put them in a pipeline, inject them in deep wells. And that's, that's part of really the, the, the cleanup of our technology and the cleanup of our country and our energy. It's, it's amazing. Now, there's a lot of companies whose stocks went up 8% in the last two days, NASDAQ. I have a company where I know that there's going to be very big federal money behind it because of uh, some laws that were passed, some bills. How do you stand to do under the Inflation Reduction Act? I mean, the truth is that our business is growing regardless of right. government spend, right? There, you think about telecom and, the, and 5G coming, you think about clean energy, but then you add in all the federal spend. So we've got $400 billion for clean energy out of the Inflation Reduction Act. We've got $60 billion in telecom funding to build fiber and to, and to bring broadband to rural communities. It's, 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 almost, it's almost windfalls, right, in the industry. It's, it's the best time I've ever, in the history of our company, it's the best time in our industry. It's a windfall that you are running the company for your employees and, of course, for the shareholders that I represent, and I think you're doing a phenomenal job. Thank you. We've got 35,000 team members across this country. When I think about the legacy that my father started, he came here with nothing, and today tens of thousands of families depend on us, and we're giving them a chance to succeed and, and build their American dream and provide a better future for their families. And I know he'd be very proud. Okay, that's Jose Moss. He's the CEO of Mosdaq. Mad Money in Miami Here we go. is back after the break. Coming up, Kramer takes your calls, and the sky is the limit. It's a fast fire lightning round. Next. That's where I take your calls, rapid fire. You say the name, I said, bye, 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 you plan this, and then we so, call the lightning round over. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? It's time for the lightning round at the U. Go ahead. Hey, Jim. My name's Nate. I'm from Orlando. Uh, you're pretty adamant that crypto is a big uh, scam. It's all rigged. But as we saw with uh, um, GameStop back uh, a few years ago, that big firms have the power to shut down trading if they're losing right, money, like when right, Robinhood right. got shut down. How is that less rigged than crypto with what we saw with FTX? It was totally rigged. It's okay. It was rigged. I called it out. In one of those movies, I called it out. I don't want any touch of that. I like great American stories. I don't like the hokum. Yes. Hey, Jim. My name is Kaylin. I have shares in Netflix, and at closing, I was up 66%. What should I do? You need to hold on, because i got to tell you that that team is remarkable. It could go down a little bit, but that's a great one for the ride. We already went through hell with that. Now we get the game. You got the pain, you get the game. Stick with it. Yes. Hey, Jim. I'm a big fan. Thanks for coming to the U. Thank my you. dad is, too. He says, thanks for helping pay my tuition with all your advice. I wanted to ask you about the recent GE split, and in particular, what do you make of GE Healthcare? G Healthcare is doing much better than expected. They do have a raw, you know, look, they have such a big backlog. No, not yet. They got a big backlog. I like the stock. I like the management. I say stay long. Yes. 
Hey, Jim, I'm Will from New Jersey. What do you think about DraftKings? You think there's room to grow? Which one? DraftKings. Oh, my God. I talked to Jason Robbins today. We'll get together with him when I'm out uh, at the Super Bowl game. I think that Jason's father was one of the greatest professors this school ever had. And I do think that his stock can come around. But it's got to be 50 states before we get there, okay? Got to keep pushing. Yes. Hey, Jim. I'm Melissa from St. Pete, Florida. And I'm a current PhD student in bioengineering here. Um, So I'm interested, is it worth investing in medical devices this year, such as Medtronic? No, Medtronic right now is not being run well. I, I hate to say that because it's just it's not nice, but it's sometimes it's not about it's not about friends, it's about money. I want you to stay away from that. I like GE Healthcare if you had to do it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up. A little Mad Money 101 that young investors won't want to miss from the Miami Herbert Business School. Stick with Kramer. watching, but today I want to specifically address the younger people in the audience, including here at the fabulous Miami Herbert Business School. I could say young at heart, but that's just really not applicable. Maybe young at wallet? I need to address something that I hear a lot about here today, and that's speculation. I'm not going to be two-faced. I actually like and promote speculation, betting on high-risk, high-reward stocks, but for younger investors only, because you got your whole life ahead of you if you make back any potential losses, and you will lose money. So I need you to speculate wisely. So here are the rules of the road. First, you can't speculate until you put away enough money in a safe, reliable index fund that mirrors the S&P 500. I like to think 10 grand before you can start speculating. That way you can protect yourself. Even if your speculative holdings get wiped out, you'll still have a really nice chunk of change left over. Second, if you're going to take a chance on something, speculative, please don't do it with borrowed money. No margin. It's hard enough betting on risky stocks to begin with. Why turn into borrowing from a loan shark in a casino where the VIG crushes you? You wouldn't do that. In fact, never use margin to buy any stock. Third, you might not want to hear this, but if you're speculating, you should stick with stocks. People today want to talk about investing in crypto. I say that's not investing. Crypto is not really an asset class either. It's an unregulated, often rigged business that doesn't protect your money. That goes double for the joke cryptocurrencies like Solana or Cardano or Polkadot or Chainlink or Booyah. Okay, maybe not Booyah. Sell, sell, sell. Don't even get me started on Dogecoin or Shiba Inu. Why do we have two of these things based on the same dog breed? They're not even that friendly. I got Marley and Ragu, two rescue mutts. Hey, they would be good currencies. As Sam Bankman-Fried proved, it's one giant con. And he did the conning. Others have to now take up the mantle of this triple do- trillion dollar scam. Don't fall for it. There are tons of stocks you can't spe- speculate in. Unlike crypto, they're backed by shares in actual business. Some like to bet on single-digit stocks. I hesitate to recommend that because few CEOs want their stocks to get down to single digits. Do you think the fine people who run Bed Bath & Beyond, and I mean that, of course, insincerely, want their stock at 3 bucks? It's up 18% in the last two days, and the company's about to file for bankruptcy, which will most likely wipe out that stock. So what works then? I like any biotech that's doing personalization. I, I first started recommending Moderna when it was a speculative $18 stock, and the CEO told me that you can use mRNA technology to make a vaccine for anything. This was two years, this was years and years ago at the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference. Sure enough, he did it. 
Moderna came up with the COVID vaccine practically overnight. Next thing you know, the stock went to $497, topped out there August 2021. By the way, if you get a huge win like this, please ring the register on some of the portfolio so you're playing with the house's money. That's always your ultimate goal, the house's money. Now, I do think I like stocks that are involved in artificial intelligence. You may have tried chat GPT. I used it to interview Gandhi. I'm not kidding. I interviewed Gandhi and chat GPT. He was a dynamite guy. Last night, Mark Zuckerberg said AI is the future, and I think he's right. We know the best way to play AI conservative is with NVIDIA. Their chips power all the stuff, but that's far from speculative. It's a known story. Find a new one. Finally, let me give you one that we like for our investment club, and you all know it, and that's Ford, Ford Motor Corp. 14 bucks, just reported tonight. Not great. Large unit shortfall. Couldn't get the parts. That's bad. But the future is much brighter. You can speculate that CEO Jim Farley will turn it around. 14 smackers. I think I can take the pain. Can you? I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise you I'd find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Kramer, signing off from beautiful Miami. Thank you for having me, and I will see you tomorrow. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve. With the help of T-Mobile for Business, our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 